Welcome to the STS Podcast, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. I'm your co-host, Jared Atkins, alongside my damn good friend and co-host, Kurt Kelly. Kurt, what's up? Uh, not much. Doing a podcast. <laughs> That's right. Second episode of the night. We're not supposed to break the fourth wall and tell everybody that, but uh, second episode of the night. We just recorded our uh, double-op buck, as I call it, episode. Everybody's premiere episode where they talk about what's going on in their podcast and... Uh, now we know what awaits us, and uh, we want to get to some meat and taters, talk about some sports. Let's talk about sports. Got a perfect topic for us. The 73-9 and Golden State Warriors. You remember that team? Yes, I do. Really? Yes, I, yes, I do. Yeah. How much do you remember? Vaguely. Vaguely? Vaguely. I bet I know why. I love that laugh track. It's going to be my best friend throughout this whole podcast. Well, uh, I figure over the probably really about what the last ten years in the NBA or so, it's kind of turned into more of a small ball league, yes. and uh, dudes just draining long jumpers and three point bombs and the dribble gods. And the, yeah, I mean nothing's. I mean uh, Curry. The Curry slide shot. What is it called? Slide sh- uh, shuffle, something like that. They, uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> kind of drew yeah. brain fart. You kind of, I was thinking, uh, that'd be something good to cover. I think. Uh, before we jump into that, though, uh, I figure the best way to do that is we kind of go back a little bit and talk about the Warriors and how it led up to that seventy-three and nine season. And let me ask you something: Would you rather? Break the season record, go 73 and 9, beat the 95 96 Bulls, who were 72 and 10. Would you rather do that or win the NBA championship? Oh, it's got to be a championship. Because Golden State set the record and then lost in the NBA Finals. And uh, a lot of people remember that season. 73 and 9, people also remember the Warriors being up 3 1 in the finals and losing to one pissed off. LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, he took over at that point. I mean, they were down. They were up three games to one, yeah. and LeBron and company come back and just killed them and shut them down on their home court. They were at Oracle, if I remember right. Uh, yeah, shut them down for sure. Uh, yeah, he pissed the wrong guy off there, didn't he? <laughs> I tell you what, I used to be a, a LeBron hater for years, and uh, – over the last few seasons, I think when he came back to Cleveland and brought a title to Cleveland, when he won, that's when I started coming around on LeBron. And you just, uh, he's scandal free. I mean, one of the few star mega athletes in the world that doesn't have a huge scandal attached to him. As far as we know. As far as we know. Uh, I don't know if he's ever screwed around on his wife, but he's been with the same woman since high school. Got Impressive. a handful of kids with her. Uh, Giving back to this community, but I mean, uh, this ain't really about LeBron. This is about the Warriors. But uh, before we get into that, I, must, I say that a lot. Uh, to the best of your recollection, and I love saying that because, you know, inside jokes while I ask you the best of your memory, do you remember when or where? About the first time you ever heard about Steph Curry and what was going on in Golden State? It would have been that season. would have been that well, season? Actually, actually, it might have been 
NCAA tournament. Was probably the first time I heard. He it. played for Davidson, Davidson Little Davidson, Davidson College. Yeah, and that's where I would have uh, learned about him first. Fun fact: When I first heard about Steph Curry, uh, my best friend, uh, huge sports guy, I, I might try to get him in a episode with us sometime or a call in. I know you got a buddy named Dole. You talk about coming on the podcast with us, but my best friend, huge basketball guy, and. Uh, Big Duke fan, huge Duke fan. I can't. If I had a boo track, I'd hit it. But I mean, I do like Coach K. He's legendary. Let's hit an applause track for for Duke here. God damn, that was loud, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Turn that down a little bit. Uh I do like Coach K for sure. The first time I heard about Steph Curry would have been the 2012 going into 2013 college season right before right before the 2013 NCAA tournament Steph's younger brother Seth played for Duke and it was a knockout drag out battle between two heavyweight coaches you had coach K and Duke playing coach Patino in Louisville and I don't remember who won that game I don't remember the date I know it was January February 2013 Duke and Louisville I mean, they had a knockdown dragout, and Steph's younger brother Seth was fucking lights out that night. I mean, I think he was like shooting eighty or ninety percent from the floor. Uh, I think he was perfect from beyond the arc. I think he was God best I can remember. I think it was like six for six or seven for seven from beyond the three point. And I told Jeremy, I said, "This guy's lights out." He said, "Oh, he's got a younger brother named Steph, plays for Golden State, and he's been doing some good things." And then. I got thinking, I said, Seth and Steph Curry. I said, I wonder if that's Del Curry's boys. And that's when he's, oh, yeah. That's I was just getting ready to say Del that. Curry, yes, hell come, of a player in his day. Yes, they come from a line of shooters, I mean. That's, uh, wow. But uh, I so I remember hearing that. And then, uh, which we're going to cover this in the Golden State history, that, that later on that NBA season, going away from Seth back to Steph, uh, <clears throat> they were in the NBA playoffs the postseason and that was when mark jackson was still the head coach and we watched uh golden state and i got it in my notes i don't remember who they were playing we'll get it when we cover it but it was 2013 and my buddy looked at me and said this kid's gonna dominate the nba in another year or two and i think it was two seasons later or maybe a season later they won their first nba title and it was off like that and that was when mark jackson made the infamous line about the Splash Brothers, Curry and Thompson, being the best shooting backcourt he's ever seen in his life. And Mark Jackson wasn't no slouch as a player either. No, no, not at all. And for him to make a, a statement like that. But uh, enough about that. You want to get some meat and taters here? Yeah. Let's, let's do it. So uh, the Golden State Warriors, uh, this would have been a lot easier if I would printed my research out. So I'm <laughs> – for those of you listening that can't see, we've got stuff scattered, notes all over the table, and I've got a laptop off to my side here. Uh, Kurt, do you know when the Golden State Warriors were, uh, what would you, I guess you would say, formed, born? Uh, no, I'm not real sure. 1946 was the year. They were members of the BAA, the Basketball Association of America. Wow. They started as the Philadelphia, Philadelphia Warriors. 
<laughs> and they captured the inaugural league championship in the 46-47 season, beating the New York Knicks. Still, it was the Knicks back then. Yeah, the beating the New York Knicks four games to one. Only a five-game series, huh? Yeah. Okay. And then eventually, so they were the inaugural champions in their first season. Uh, and according to my research here, which thank God for that, or we'd really look like clowns. Uh, the BBA folded into what became the NBA in 1949, which I always thought the NBA came in the 60s. I, I, I thought, thought it was still – that's a – Out of the ABA, right? Yeah, out of the BBA and the ABA. Uh, and uh, here's a little fun fact because of what happened uh, just a little bit ago. Your, uh, your roommate asked us a question, and this is kind of funny because I should have known this. The Warriors won their second championship in the 55-56 season, beating the Fort Wayne Pistons. <laughs> Shout out, Dole. The Fort Wayne Pistons in the 55-56 season, four games to one. So here you've got a team that's uh, won two championships in a handful of seasons here, based in Philadelphia. <clears throat> they have your guy that you talk about all the time. Which would be the wonderful Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, oh yeah, Wilt. <laughs> it might be something we cover in a later episode. Oh, Hundred point game. Absolutely. I don't think anybody's ever came close to that. Kobe. Kobe. How many, how many women? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Hit it. Say it again. Say it again. Uh, how many women? <laughs> I love that button. <laughs> but uh. I don't think anybody ever came close to 100 points. Kobe Kobe put up 80-something points against uh, Toronto. I think that was when uh, Jalen Rose opened his mouth at the wrong time and pissed Kobe off. Which I love Jalen Rose. We, we're going to do an episode down the line where we talk about the Fab Five from Michigan because uh, Chris Webber was one of my all-time top ten favorite players. And that was that was an impressive team too. I mean, we got to stay oh, yeah. focused on Golden State. But if we're gonna talk sports, by God, we're gonna talk them the way we talk them. Uh, that Fab Five team that was uh, Ray Jackson. Ray Jackson. Uh, uh, no, was it Ray Jackson? There was two of them that one. Ramil Robinson, Jawan Howard, Jalen Rose, Rose, Chris Webber, Ray Jackson, and who was their other starter? What Rice? Oh, Ray King. And, uh, Ray King. King. And Jackson, his first name was, uh, damn, but it wasn't. It wasn't Ray. Sometimes you have to get extra help. That's uh, off podcast view here, out of camera view. If we had a camera, that's uh, Kurt's roommate, a very knowledgeable guy, who will be a future guest on the podcast. Jimmy King, Jimmy King Ray Jackson. Jimmy King, that's what it was. Ray Jackson and Jimmy King. Thank you, Doyle. I was drawing a blank. Uh, definitely set the nation on fire. I mean, the fab They five. changed basketball. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I don't care what anybody said. The the game with Duke, the technical foul call, and was it Howard or Weber? That, Weber. Son. Yeah. Crazy. You ever seen interviews on YouTube where they or anywhere where they ask Weber? To this day, Weber still won't talk about that game. As far as I know, anytime I've ever seen that they, they ask him about it, he'll either say, I ain't talking about that, bruh, or he walks <laughs> off camera. Uh anyways, back to back to the Warriors here. 
so they're in Philadelphia for about, uh, looking at my math here, about 12, 14 seasons or so. And then they relocate to San Francisco, California in 1962. Uh, it says here, according to my research, they rebranded themselves to become the Golden State Warriors for the 71-72 season. And uh, went on quite a run here. Uh, believe me, Kurt, I love research, but it's a lot of work for me since you're not as tech savvy. So, uh, I didn't bother to uh, look at the rosters for some of these seasons, but from what I looked at, and I spent probably... Was Draymond Green on that, that team, uh, 73 and 19? Draymond? Draymond, yeah. What's his name? Not Draymond. Draymond's playing for him now. Oh, he wasn't there then? Yeah. No. Okay, okay. Draymond Green was, yeah. Not in '62. Not in '62. Oh, I thought you said the '73 win. I was just, I was just. <laughs> yeah, he was on the. I didn't say the '73 win season. I, was like, I just wasn't sure if he was on that team or not. You all right, bro? Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, but they went on quite a run, making postseason play uh, every season from '71 through '77, except the '73-'74 season where they. For whatever reason, outlier missed the postseason. This would have been a lot more impressive if I would have researched them teams for history, but that was just a lot of work, and I put like 10 hours of research in this week, and I was burnt out by the end. They did win a third championship, and I found this impressive, and I looked up the research on this, or I guess side research, they won a third championship, the Warriors franchise, in 74 and 75. They swept the heavily favored Washington Bullets. And I mean, when I say swept, they stomped their asses out, blew them out. So, here you've got a franchise with whoever's in charge at the time, back in the 60s. And they're, they're making good moves. So, you're building something. Uh, unfortunately... After their final postseason bid in 77, there's uh, the, yeah, yeah, Kurt did thumbs down straight down the shitter for, for this organization, this franchise. Uh, and there's really not much to talk about after that, not until 85 and the NBA draft, uh, where they selected a small forward two guard who has been one of my favorite players. I have several of his cards, uh. Out of St. John's University, which is a hell of a basketball factor, I've always thought. Chris Mullins, that's exactly right. Yeah. Seventh overall. Uh, savvy. He, he had a game, for sure. He uh, he was a head coach at St. John's here uh, for a while. Recently, he took him to uh, postseason play in the in March Madness. I don't I don't think he's still a part of the organization now. I think they he's uh, no longer the head coach. Uh, I should fact check that, but what year was he drafted? Eighty. Eighty-five, yeah. seventh overall. Yeah. Did St. John's make it to the his senior year? Did they make it to the final? <sighs> that I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I could always research and look it up, but I don't really feel like it. Right. But since you asked <laughs> me about it, uh. St. John's. It's all quiet. 
We can edit that out. Yeah. I'm not seeing nothing. They were. I thought. I thought they were. I wasn't sure. I think they lost in the semifinals to Georgetown. Georgetown, yeah. I wonder if that would have been Patrick. Was Patrick Ewan playing for Georgetown still then? Yes. Yeah, that would have been. uh, We uh. Villanova. Me and you've talked. St. Charles was thirty-one and four that year. Three of their losses came to Georgetown. Really. We need to get this man a mic and get him plugged in with us. We're going to give him some credit here on the, the post-show credits. Uh, <clears throat> forgot where I was getting ready to go with this. Uh, 86, Warriors do a revamp. They selected Mullins in the 85 draft. They bring in a new head coach. Hard-nosed son of a bitch. I've always liked him. He's kind of an asshole. George Carl. Okay, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and then following this... They go on about a decade or so, 86, 87, and 96, 97, where they've got some some success. Still no NBA championships, but they go on success. A uh, little bit of a dominance. Um, but, you know, postseason play here or there. Unfortunately, many fans argue, and you and I aren't, are the same. We argue if you don't bring home the championship, is the season really a success? I mean, give you, in some aspects it is. I mean, if it's if you're setting up building for the future, but when you talk about team, though, team success, that's that's the ultimate goal. I mean, goal. not yeah. to break records, to not, win a championship. Not the individual stuff, that's you know, right. As a team, you want to win it all. Do you remember anything about the mid late '80s, early to mid '90s Warriors? Other than Chris Mullen. Other than Chris Mullen, no. They just didn't make the news. Well, they made the news of what they good, really. They are knowing this decade, and uh, one of these things I didn't even have to research, I remember, and it's the first one I'm going to mention here, the amazing, which was the year I was born. Thank God for YouTube and video and the uh, NBA network, the amazing 87 Western Conference semifinal game against Magic and the Lakers, which is still shown to this day. On NBA Network, NBA TV. They're also known for uh, their big three, Run TMC. You remember who was in Run TMC? Chris Mullen, guard Mitch Richmond, and point guard Tim Hardaway Sr. Run TMC. And then this this is going to get me right here in the feels. The third thing they're really known for, and that, you know, up and down period, a little bit of dominance, not a lot of dominance. The drafting of two of my favorite players, one in my top 10 I just mentioned, and another one probably in my top 50. The drafting of Latrell Sprewell, 24th overall out of Alabama in 92, followed by the very next year, number one overall out of Michigan, Chris Weber. And... Uh, but he could score. He could. Put that ain't a name. That's a name you ain't heard in a while, is yeah, it? I haven't heard that name in a while. Uh, do you remember him? Uh, he had the game. Uh, score anyway. Any anyway, he scored several ways. I mean, if I remember right, he was a physical Athlete, guy a too. Physical guy, yeah, athletic for sure. Man, 
<laughs> I'd see the look on your face. I wish everybody could see it, but that's a name you ain't heard in a minute, has it? It's been a little while, yeah, for sure. I, I remember right, he was really good at breaking you down off the dribble pull up, I mean, the pull up in mid range. Tough. That's a hard shot, too. To Pulling it range. up like that? Yes, yes yeah. absolutely, yeah. Well, we talked, me, I mean, you know, all day long at work, I mean, steel toes and scoreboards we talk about life and mainly sports but you know we talk about basketball just as much as we talk about baseball and everything else and i've told you a million times that's my favorite thing to do run it right down right up into the paint and kick it out to a guy on the wing and just drill it i mean that's my favorite thing i mean everybody likes a dunk and a dunk's great but that's my favorite thing just run it right up in the fucking paint Kick it out to a guy on the wing and just drain it. And you better be behind the three-point line. The three is worth more <laughs> two, right? Yeah. But uh, something that uh, I can remember from, you know, being on the internet after the internet got big when I was in middle school and talking, the diehard Warriors fans have never forgiven the franchise for the fact that you've got Sprewell and Weber together and you don't have a damn thing to show for it. There's never a championship. Uh, both men had a, issues coexisting with each other. There was a little bit of cockiness and swagger in the locker room. You know, these two were brought in and basically, in a way, handed the keys to the kingdom, like pairing them together, and they couldn't coexist. And they had issues with their coaches. I mean, hell, look, Charles Sprewell was suspended, what, 67-something games for choking out his head coach? Yeah, I, I mean – so and then and then the very next Caesar uh, uh, Caesar in the very next season, uh, Weber's gone. You know he can't coexist with Spreewell, and you know Weber was a was a cocky kid. You know and, and he could back it up. Yeah, yeah he, But he's you know he was out of here, and then I think he got shipped off. I don't remember where he went. Sure. Uh, I don't know if it, I don't think it was Sacramento yet. Sacramento retired his number, but uh, I don't think I think it might have been Washington next. I would could be wrong. Been, would it have been the Wizards or the Bullets? At that point in time, it would have still been the Bullets. I'm, yeah. um, so, at the end of that brief period of dominance there, or supposed dominance, you know, same Warriors MO in recent modern history back in the tank, the next notable thing I found uh, – was April 22nd in 2004. Uh, they named their former first-round pick and recently retired from the NBA, Chris Mullen, as their next GM. Uh, what follows next? Another periods of ups and downs. Uh, but this is where in 04, you can't see what's coming, but this is where you slowly start to inch towards a 73-9 and nine season. Uh, nothing really to write about the next three seasons. And then a uh, funny story, what we're about to talk about now puts us in 2007, the 07 Warriors. And uh, funny story, I came to check out your crib about a month ago. And uh, you said you play any 2K. Remember you asked yeah, me? Yeah. And I said, I used to. I said, my kids kind of destroyed my Xbox, so I ain't played in a few years. And, you you know, you're like, you're pretty good. I'm like, well, I mean, I'm I'm average. I win more than I lose. And you're like, well, we'll play this. 
<laughs> and I like always going classic teams. So I picked the 2007 Warriors. Played against, uh, fuck, I don't, I don't remember who I was playing against. And uh, I got blown out in that game. Yeah, I don't think he scored a I point. I didn't score a point. I don't think he scored a point. Uh, 2K's event. That would be a good episode one day. Talk about the, the rise of uh, 2K uh, yeah. ball games. But uh, the new shit you do on these new systems, I, I didn't even score a point. I got blown out. It was like 50 nothing by the end of the first quarter. Uh, it's pretty tough. It ain't no Atari. I definitely. It's a long way from Atari. I definitely ain't ready to play online, you know. Yeah, uh, that's where that's where it's a challenge for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was bad, folks. I <laughs> Thanks for telling them I suck, buddy. <laughs> no, we're all good, man. It's good. Um, I guess we'll just get into the 2007 season. <clears throat> you know, this is kind of rough reading this research, which I'm not really reading it. I'm trying to talk it over, but. My goal is as we progress and get better with podcasts, it'll it'll come together better. But this first episode would be a little rough. It's a learning right, curve. Right, right. Uh, do you know what happened to the 2007 Warriors? Well, 2007. Well, it says, thank God to Google and NBA.com. April 22nd of 2007, so three years to the day, that they hired former player Chris Mullen as their GM. They entered postseason play for the first time in 13 seasons. Wow. They are the eighth seed matching up against the number one seeded Dallas Mavericks, who that season finished with a 67-15 and 15 record. Best in the league. <laughs> Good luck, Golden State, right? Right. <laughs> but I'm going I'm to read you some names here. I'm not going to read you the whole roster. But there was some depth on this team. Do you remember anybody at all that would have been on that team? I mean, you're a big sports aficionado. Well, there was a – yeah, I, I'm not – You you want me to just read them to you? There you go, yes. Okay. <clears throat> there was some depth on there, but that team also had Matt Barnes. They had one of my favorite players, Al Harrington. Baron Davis, who was their, their big name. Monta Ellis. Jason Richardson, Josh Powell, Steven Jackson, and then, you know, they had some quality players. Monte Ellis, I've noted Dame. I think that's where he played ball, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. Matt Barnes, you know, hell of a player. I think uh, – That's some talent right that's, there. That's just, yeah. yeah. for sure. So, <clears throat> there was only six games in that first round. And keep in mind, they're an eighth seed. Playing the one-seeded Mavericks, which would have uh, been led by Dirk at that point. And uh, I think what a Manu been – Manu would have been there at that point, wouldn't he? Did you know? Uh, possibly. Possibly. Uh, Dole, was Ginobili on the Mavericks? Or no, he was a Spur, wasn't he? Yeah, my bad. My bad, folks. Jason, We're not complete idiots, just partial Jason idiots. Jason Terry, would he have been on that team? Jason Terry might have been. God, you know what I think, Jason Terry? I think of that uh, season with Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett in Boston. I think Jason Terry, lights out three-point guy. You can shoot the rock, yeah, for sure. Uh, anyways, <clears throat> game one, and I can't stress this enough because you guys know where this is going by the way I'm talking about. Golden State's the eighth seed, one-seeded Mavericks. Game one, 97-85 Golden State. 
Game two, one twelve ninety nine Dallas. Game three, one oh nine ninety nine Golden State. Game four, one oh three ninety nine Golden State. So they're up three games to one right here. Dallas comes back in game five, barely ekes it out, one eighteen to one twelve, and then game six, Golden State doesn't really blow them out, but they definitely put an exclamation point on it. 111-86 Golden State wins the eighth-seeded Golden State. That would have been on May 3rd of 2007. They defeated them 4-2 in the first playoff victory for this team in 16 seasons. And in doing so, the Warriors make a little bit of history right here, Kurt, becoming the first eight-seed in NBA history to take out a number one seed in a seven-game format. I was wondering, uh, I was wondering about that. I was going to ask you, actually, if – Possibly that was maybe the first time that ever happened. It was. Uh, trying to think, 2007, I would have been – this would have been – I've been a year out of high school because I graduated in 06. I vaguely remember watching game one and game four. I don't remember watching the victory happen. I do remember seeing it because, you know, fuck. You had brief internet service on your phones back then. You didn't have the – I don't think the iPhone was out just yet. You could get online, on but I remember reading it on ESPN on the computer. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's what we need to do. We need to rip off Sports Center and this stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. They'll probably send us a cease and desist order, but if they're worried about a middle of nowhere podcast here, right? Uh, they go on, they're making the second round, they're playing the Utah Jazz. Unfortunately, they would lose. Four games to one. But, hey, uh, you know, first postseason victory for them, you know, in that series in 16. So, I mean, they're they're making moves slowly but surely. You know, this is a couple years before Curry comes into the picture. So, uh, they would miss the playoffs the following season in 08, uh, 07-08 season. Uh, they finished two wins under 50 in a postseason where every team was a 50-game-plus winner. That was a tough season. Every team in the postseason won 50 or more games. That's that's a hell of a stacked postseason. They fell short. And then the wheels completely come off the cart, 08-09, which finally leads us to the Steph Curry era and changes galore throughout the franchise start to take place here. Um, but let's, uh, kick it out for a quick break and, uh, we'll be right back. We're back, uh, Kurt. That would have been a good place to plug a sponsor. Do we have oh. any? Do we have any sponsors? Uh, no, we don't. Not yet, right? Not yet. Not yet no. Let's plug a sponsor. Okay. Uh, plug local businesses. My best friend got a builds log cabins for a living, log homes, and does uh, other 
some general contracting. Uh, look him up on Facebook, JDJ Log Builders. He, uh, he employed me temporarily at the end of 2019 and early part of 2020. We built a nice log cabin in uh, Clarksville, Tennessee. Did another one down in uh, Grand, Alabama, about an hour on the other side of Huntsville. There's pictures up there on Facebook. Uh, look him up, shout him out. Jeremy Jackson, JDJ Log Builders. Uh, there's a first plug right there. Right on. We need to we need to plug some people, and then maybe they'll get some sponsorship money down the line. Yeah, there you go. That would that just occurred to me. That would have been good to do if I had something pre-recorded when we hit that uh yeah, yeah. pause break. But anyways, uh, so here we are, 2009, the uh, Curry era. Uh. And this time, spring of 2009, before the draft, uh, the Warriors decided not to renew the contract of their former star and GM, Chris Mullen. Uh, Warriors head coach, or former head coach, Chris Nelson. Uh, his former, or I should say former, his friend, Larry Riley, was promoted to the team's general manager. And his first big piece of business was uh, he was going to get a shooter. I uh, did a little research, read a couple articles where he had talked about his mindset at that point in time, and he said to to build this team right, the first thing he wanted to do to him, it was important to get a shooter, a thoroughbred shoot. His exact word, thoroughbred. And uh, if you want to talk about thoroughbred, I don't know how you get more pure than Curry. Right. I mean, right. And we, we talk hoops, and that's just what we do, steel right. toes and scoreboards. Right. We talk sports 90% of the day. And uh, our boss even said it. He, I mean, he's not a Curry fan, but he said he's never seen a better shooter than Steph oh, Curry. And I don't hands, honestly think I have down, either. Hands down, the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so what's he do? He drafts the point guard out of Davidson, Steph Curry, seventh overall. Curry, son of NBA legend and sharpshooter Del Curry. Uh, then some growing pains start to occur. Uh. The 2009-2010 season, Curry's rookie season, they finished 26-56. and 56, But there's a beacon of light on the horizon. Curry managed to make NBA All-Rookie first team, and he finished second in the Rookie of the Year voting behind Tyreek Evans. There's a name we haven't heard in a while. Uh, nothing much. Funny you should mention that they needed a shooter, and they got a point guard as a shooter. I mean – you know, that's, instead that's, of a two. Yes, it's really changed nowadays. I mean, a lot of people can shoot from a lot of different positions. You got well, stretch, it, stretch guys, you know, big It's guys going go to a small ball format. That's been the thing over the last 10 or 15 Am I right? I mean, oh, yeah. Doyle, you're setting off camera, quote unquote. You agree? Uh, I mean, it's it's went to a small ball lineup in the last 10 or 15 oh, yeah. seasons, has well, it not? A lot of teams nowadays don't even use the center Yeah, that's true. Well, hell, that was one of the things. They were plugging in Iguodala and Draymond Green and all these smaller guys at center. And it worked. Yeah, they're still doing that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's become a small ball league. Uh, you don't have monster David Robinsons and Shaqs and Ewings anymore. I mean, you still got them. They're just on the perimeter. It, yeah, I mean, it, fuck yeah. Everybody can shoot nowadays. Yeah. Right? I mean. Uh, but anyway, so, I mean, there's, there's a beacon of hope. <laughs> Then we get uh, we get a little down to the 2010-2011 season. Not much better. They increased their win total a little bit here by about 10 games as they, you know, won 36 games that season. And then uh, here's where some more interesting stuff happens, and uh, you can sense the rebuild. Uh, 
prior to the start of the 2010 season, the Warriors were sold, and uh, I did not write the name of the owner down, but because to me it wasn't that important as to the guy that owns them now or who was sold to, which was Joe Lakeup. At the time in 2010, he sold the franchise for $450 million, which was an NBA record. Kurt, what could you do with $450 million? <laughs> a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. You ever seen that clip on YouTube of that guy out in California? They're asking him, all, and Dole will remember this. They ask him, you know, what are you going to do if you win the Powerball? And he said, cocaine and hookers. I'd <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that buy a lot of them, $450 million. Uh, oh, I, reckon, yeah. I mean, not might have me a couple Bentleys and Maseratis and Cohen's yeah, eggs yeah. out in my garage. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but, uh, wow, yeah. That was an NBA record in 2010 prior to the start of that season. $450 million. Lakeham becomes the new owner. And from my research, what I found and what I can remember going back, what that's been 11 years now, uh, he made it be clear that money wasn't going to be an issue. He wanted to make this the hottest ticket in town. And uh, as we were going to come to see here, uh, down the line, that's exactly what happened. It became the hottest thing in town, the hottest ticket in town. Uh but some other bad things happened as well. On June 6th of 2011, Mark Jackson was hired as the new coach for the Warriors. Uh, what do you remember about Mark Jackson? Not just as a coach, but as a obviously uh, you remember him more as a player. A good point guard. Uh, it, yeah, facilitate. Really basketball knowledge. Yes. I think Mark IQ, Jackson, yeah, I think bas- basketball Ab- IQ. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, would That's you, a good choice when you're when it seems like, you know, you you don't have Clay Thompson yet because you're gonna draft him in a couple weeks after you announce Jackson as your head coach. But you've got Curry, and there's you're seeing a lot of positivity on the horizon. It's gonna be clear that you're gonna facilitate a team around this young point guard. So what better of a coach do you have than a, a high IQ guy that absolutely, played absolutely, yeah. at the one guard? You know, yeah. Uh. Of course, when you think of the 2011 season, everybody remembers it being the lockout season. I can, that dominated the headlines. Uh, you know, Jackson wasn't able to get in there and and meet with his players. You know, you still had the draft. They take uh, Clay Thompson, 11th overall in 2011, out of Washington State. Uh, his dad was a player too, I do believe. Yeah, uh, Michael Thompson. I think it was. I think Michael was his dad. Yeah. Uh, would that have been Dole, a, uh, would that have been a Houston? Where'd Clay Thompson's dad play ball? Do you remember? For the listeners here, uh, he played the Laker, wasn't he? I mean, was he a Laker? He played for the Lakers, especially. I'm not sure where he played college. I, I was thinking Houston, maybe. Uh, he might have been on the Elijah one. That, that maybe I, I think he was a Laker. Yeah, he I was, do. Yeah, he's a Laker. Yeah. Uh, anyways, getting back to it. Uh, NBA championship winner, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, Magic. Uh, but surely, slowly, the pieces are for the seventy-three win season are starting to fall in place because now you've got now you've got a, a backcourt. You know you've got Thompson and Curry. Of course, you don't you you kind of know when you take him in the first round what you got, but till you get him and Steph out there together, and you can't you can't manifest a vibe that players get playing together. That happens real time. You can't right, you you can't envision that and. I think anybody, even Golden State 
brass out there in management front office. I think if they say they knew what they had at the time, they're a fucking liar. I mean, you know, pardon my language. You know, there, there's going to be a couple F-bombs here or there on the podcast, but I think they're a fucking liar. You don't realize what you've got until you see this in real time with, with Curry and Tom and the way they fed off each other. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it, it was almost like, uh, you know, to, to use an example that we use, we talk about music a lot during the day too, don't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. We talk about ACDC a lot, don't oh, we? Yeah, yeah. Which the way Angus and Malcolm, Malcolm would just look at each other and they knew what the other one was yes. thinking. yes. That was you chemistry. could see, yes chemistry you could see that happening with Steph and Clay every time. Uh, but going back, the uh, shortened lockout season of 2011 wouldn't see a lot of success either. Uh, another failure at the postseason. Womp womp womp. Uh, and uh, their future star Curry. Curry only played 26 games that season, even though it was a shortened season. I don't remember how many games in that season. Uh, he was injured. Uh, so he didn't play a lot, but big things are on the horizon because here now we really start the final push to the dynasty, or some could argue the dynasty begins here with the off season for 2012, uh, 2012 NBA draft. The Warriors have three notable picks, two of them in the first round, uh, Harrison Barnes, a small forward out of North Carolina, uh, we're going to do a coach's episode where one day where we're going to talk about – we might even do a fantasy draft where we just draft yeah, good college coaches. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. And uh, Roy Williams will be on that list, what he's done at North Carolina. But they uh, they take a Roy Williams guy, Harrison Barnes, seventh overall out of North Carolina. Uh, they take a big man who's a great rotational player and Festus Azili, 30th overall out of Vanderbilt. I don't even know where the hell that guy's at. I don't think he's part of the roster now. I don't even know if he's still active I in the league. I don't know. Uh he was a good fit in the rotation at the time, but he's not. Neither one of those guys are going to make as much as the guy drafted in the second round. Uh, small forward Draymond Green, thirty fifth overall, which he played ball at Michigan State. Which as Izzo, if you've heard me talk a million times, there's great coach. Something about Tom Izzo guys. Yes, uh, they know how to win. They, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Draymond's done some questionable on-court and off-court antics, but when it comes down to to his basketball IQ, some bitch knows his stuff. Lockdown defender, physical, physical, and uh, that's something else. Uh, Not really tall by. I mean, what is he? 6'8". I mean, he's not tall, but I mean, he plugs into the five just as easy as plugs into the four or the three. Uh. But with, with these players and your stars already in the making with Thompson and Curry, Golden State basically gets here in the 2012 draft. You get a solid starter with Barnes, a nice plug-and-play rotation guy with Azili. And my notes here that I typed in myself, which this will be funny, I mean, because I note shit weird, but I noted what you get with Green is a very physical but talented transcendent player who could play as a big but fit as the small ball direction the league could start going. You get a guy that's going to also put some asses in some seats because people like trash talking. Uh, Draymond's let it be known. He ain't afraid to talk no shit on the court or uh, kick you in the nuts if you ask Oklahoma City's (laughs) Steven Adams or, well, he played for OKC at the time. Uh what I find interesting here is this is the 2012 draft. So this is, you know, 
four or five seasons after Curry's drafted. And if you go back in time, there was something Curry did that helped kind of facilitate all this talent around him when they drafted, when they had that big 2012 draft. Curry basically agreed to a hometown di- a hometown discount. They re-extended his rookie contract or negotiated it, but he signed for a mere, <laughs> I said mere, a small $44 million. I mean, yeah, small to them guys. I yeah, mean, right. I mean, you'd never have to work a day in our life with that kind of money. Yeah, we but, uh, lived past a day in our life. We had that kind of money, right? Yeah. yeah. At that point in time, they've got no championships when Curry renegotiated. <clears throat> so he's got no leg to stand on, really. But, I mean, with what he's been – what they're seeing from him, he could have made the argument for more money. But I think overall – He's seen the bigger picture coming in my mind. It's like, you know what? Let's let's wait a season or two. Because I think by this point, he's still not being talked about in a big circle. But I think if you're if you're on the West Coast, if you're in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and Oakland, I think you know what you're what you could have, what you have now, what it could be, however. And I think you're like, you know what, let's just see what happens. And then a year or two, the, the guy can command a, a huge salary, which he later does. I don't have the contract numbers. I mean, we could get them. But uh, basically him signing the cheaper extension to his rookie contract allowed them to continue putting pieces around him. And I will say this until I'm blue in the face. You're trying to build a franchise overall, but you're starting and ending it with your shooter, which is Curry which is what Riley had said he was going to do. He, was, he wanted a shooter first. So you're building around him. Uh, and things, you know, like I said, a lot of people make the argument that the dynasty started here in the 2012 offseason. And you could write because things start to look good here. Uh, that 2012 season started off good. They had their best start to the season in decades. They earned around 20 or so wins in the first 30 games. That's their best start since 1992 when you had run TMC running around. So, I mean, 30-something wins and – or 20-something wins in 30 games. That's a good start. Good start, yeah. Uh, and then we go to – this is what we was talking about earlier. Uh, April 9th, 2013, they clinched a playoff berth for the second time in 19 years. So, basically only twice in 20 years you've made the postseason. So – Things are happening. I mean, and that was their first postseason berth since the magical 06-07 season. They finished that season. Check out this number total. You don't hear Golden State say this. They they had a lowly 47-35 and 35 record. I mean, they almost won 50 games. So, it's it's fallen into place. Right. It's still not the, the boom, boom, bang dynasty that we know now. But um, they, they defeated... They, they, they were the sixth seed in the conference. They beat the third seed Denver Nuggets 4-2 to to advance to the second round. And this is this is what it was because I'm reading my notes. Because I can remember clear as day. I was sitting in Evansville. I was on my best friend's couch. This was when they went to play the two-seeded San Antonio Spurs. Obviously, the Spurs won because they would go on to lose to LeBron in the Heat. But it was there, and I watched this interview live, dude. There's something, you know as well as I do, there's some moments in sports you don't forget or some you see happen and you don't realize how important it is till years later. I watched that interview on TNT 
Uh, I don't remember the female reporter. It was a female reporter, but she was with Mark Jackson, and that's when he made the comment, this is the best shooting backcourt I've ever seen. Uh, obviously, you know, they, they lost. Uh, what What's interesting about this, and I put this in my notes, and I remember this, you know, 2013 has been seven years ago now, eight years ago now. But I can remember at the time when he made that comment about having the best shooting backcourt, there was a lot of people that found fault with that. A lot of people gave him a lot of heat. You know, how dare you disgrace these legends of right. Dame's past. And uh, Well, Mark Jackson himself, two great shooters in the backcourt. What, John Starks, <laughs> uh, Reggie Miller, played with him. I mean, yeah. So, uh, he ought to know what great shooters would be. Yeah. He does. But, you know, little did everybody know, that comment was going to start to hold a little bit of weight. And by God, I know about weight. So, I mean, I believe it. Thank you, thank you. I'm here all week. Uh, would you like some notable takeaways from that 2012-2013 season? Oh, would you like some stats? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Curry made 272 three-pointers in the 2012-2013 season, which was an NBA single-season record. So this season was, to me, I'm going to make the argument, that that was the start of the dynasty. I'm going to join a lot of people – you know, some people say it didn't start till a couple seasons later. I'm going to make the when when Durant showed up or no, yeah. I think a little bit before that. But uh, combined, would you like some combined stats? Absolutely. Combined, uh, NBA single season record between Steph and Clay, 483 three pointers. That's, that's a, a lot of trays, man. A lot of trays, yeah, it is. And guys, all very fall off, ain't you? <laughs> Holy crap! Uh, that's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. Yes, absolutely. From the backcourt, that's could you? That's impressive. Think about this. Think about this. Could you imagine if all this shit, the stars and heavens align, and this team would have came to, and had a few years together before that 2012-2013 season? Say everybody was drafted at the same time and it all came back around 09 or, or 10. My God, these guys would have had like eight championships. Yes. Because who the hell is going to outscore them? Right. Right, we're we're talking bulls, like yeah, you know. uh, yeah. So uh, we jump into the twenty twenty. Oh, oh fuck, excuse me. We drop into the uh, 2013-2014 season. Uh, Golden State brought in a few veteran players. Uh, they brought in a few other players. I didn't bother to mark that. I just went with the heavy hitters. That draft class that year. Didn't have a lot in it, so I didn't bother that. But just to let you know, notable free agents that they had brought in in the 2013-2014 offseason. Uh, Jermaine O'Neal, Andre Iguodala, Iggy, who would be the finals MVP with their first championship win. And uh, a guy I love, uh, and I don't know where this guy's at right now. Uh, He had the coolest nickname, I think. It was Maurice Spates, better known as Mo Buckets. It's a great, great yeah, nickname. Yeah, like, yeah, what are you yeah. doing? Mo Buckets, Mo son. Buckets. I Oh, man, I would run around. I was saying that with all my friends. <laughs> Mo Buckets, somewhere one day in time, if I can find a shirt that has enough fabric, <laughs> I'm going to get me a shirt that says Mo Buckets on it. Uh, Mo Buckets. Uh, anyways, there's not much to talk about that season, just more of the same. Guys playing lights out. Uh... But it paid dividends. April 11th, 24th. April 11th. It was my mom and dad's wedding anniversary. Really? 
Yeah, April 11th, 87. Then I came along August of that year. Oh, boy. Yeah. World was never the same, (laughs) was it? Anyways, April 11th, 14, after they routed Kobe and the Lakers, they clinched their second consecutive playoff berth once again as a sixth seed. Uh, And the end, here's here's some good news for you. The end of their 2013-2014 regular season reads like this. They finished 51-31. and 31. That's impressive. They upped their win total by about four or five games. That's only the fourth time in franchise history they won more than 50 games. Really? I mean, going back to the, right. the 40s when they were the Philadelphia Warriors all the way through the you know the the playoff dominant run they had in the seventies. That was only the fourth time in franchise history they won more than fifty games. They finished twenty games over five hundred for the first time in twenty two seasons. That's a long time. That's a long time. That's a lot of uh, broken hearts and fans, you know, kicking seats and. So are they the Cubs of the NBA? <laughs> they they could have been. They, they very been, well yeah. could have been. Uh. We're gonna do a Cubbies episode. I've already got that mapped out for their uh, 2016 yeah. World. The, what was it? 108, 109 seasons. Yeah. Uh, they won 24. They had 24 road wins in that 13, 14 season, which tied the franchise record set by the 91, 92 team. And of course, there's positivity here, but it's the same Warriors mo. Uh, another heartbreaker. They end with a. First round exit after a seven game series lost to the third seeded Lob City, Los Angeles Clippers, which, uh, if memory serves, that would have been CP3, Blake Griffin. Uh, I don't know if Grant Hill was still on that team or if he'd officially retired. Grant finished, I think, his career out with the Clippers. I know in the uh, 2012 2013 season, Grant was playing there. I don't know if he still was. Patrick Beverly been there? Uh, might have been. I uh, I think Chauncey was on that team, Chauncey too. Chauncey Billups. Billups. That's the dude that won the Pistons at the top. I don't yeah, care. I'll, yeah. You know, no offense to Ben and Rasheed. I'll say that. I've said that since I was in high school. That Pistons win in, what, was it 03, 04, 05, something like that? That was Chauncey Billups that won that. Point guard. Point guard. IQ. IQ. He could also play as a really small two guard. He uh he was interchangeable. There's that's the beauty about that. Uh, point guards are my point guards are probably my favorite position in basketball because not every point guard can play a two guard. Right. But when you sometimes you get something special where you get a guy that can play both ways. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Time out, man. Uh. But, yeah, so uh, would you like some more takeaways here on how they're building? Yes. Would you? Yes. Curry and Thompson continue to light the league's ass on fire. Curry hit 261 three-pointers to amass a total, a total of 533 over two seasons. And you know what? That obliterated a record set by Ray Allen, who who, – Good shooter. Good shooter. Ray Allen set 478 in 04, 05, and 05, and 06. Steph and Clay only getting better, though. Check this out. They hit a combined 484, breaking the record they set the season before by one three-point bucket, and we're only trending up, dude. The three-point line. That's an interesting 
I can remember when it came into the league, you know. Can you tell yeah. me about that? Because I don't. Uh, obviously, it wasn't. It was just. It was just different, right? What many? Were you? Was, how old do you think you was? Still in school, high school? Well, it came to high school. It came in eight, 1987, I think. It came to high school. Or 88, I'm sorry, 88. I'm not fact-checking this, so I'm taking you uh, all at 80, your word. 87 would have been the first year of college at IU. IU, by the way, <laughs> yeah. won it in 87 with Steve Alford, right? That's right. Yeah. The year I was born, I good think, year. I, I'm not sure when the three-point line. It been the early 80s, mid-80s, 85, 84. It come in, I think, maybe. I'll have to look it up. But it changed the game for sure. Uh, right. I guess... I'm trying to think of who was a good three-point shooter back then. I mean, it wasn't as evolved as it is now, of course. So it would have been Larry Bird could hit the three. <laughs> right? Right. But, yeah, the three-pointer has really changed the game. Why not take advantage of it, right? Exactly. I mean, three's worth more than two. And, uh, you know, in baseball, they like to see the home run. In hockey, they like to see the power, just a slap shot. Right. NFL, everybody likes to see the Hail Mary. So, uh, why not put asses in the seats in basketball? Everybody wants to see him. Yeah, the dunk's impressive. But I think more people like to see that long-ass bomb from the three-point line. just as impressive. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... that's I mean, that's, you know, the greatest dunk contest I ever seen, and I wasn't alive to see it, thank God for, you know, video... And, I mean, I've told you at work a million times, I love Dominique Wilkins. And seeing Wilkins and Jordan go after each other in that slam dunk oh, contest. Human highlight reel, for sure. Was that the – I wonder – you know, we're getting off track here. But I wonder, was that the contest where Jordan leapt from the foul line all the way to the – I think it might have been, yes. That's yep. a lot of hang time. That's a lot of hang time. That shouldn't be physical, physically possible. I mean, I can't jump now. If I jump, I have a tit hit me in the face. I mean <laughs> – What? My eye. Oh, no. Well, I'm just saying the science behind it. I mean, it, that you shouldn't be in the air that long. No, that's what, yeah, it shouldn't be physically <laughs> possible, right? <laughs> Holy crap. All right. Uh, so, you know, there's positivity here. Unfortunately, positivity doesn't net championships, and uh, positivity doesn't make ownership and management happy. So, on May 6, 2014... Mark Jackson was let go as the head coach of the Golden State Warriors. Uh, that was to the dismay of a lot of fans and an outcry from a lot of players, including his backcourt, was very upset about that. Can you ma imagine this for a minute, Kurt? Imagine we're at work. and Kurt, I've helped you just as much as you've helped me. And, you know, I think one day, I mean, you uh, – would be form cut and press and all sorts of shit like 400 Simon chair, 300 Simon chair. Oh, yeah. You imagine being that good at your job, getting that many out. And then they tell you, Hey, you know, hit the road. <laughs> cause, cause I mean, Mark Jackson, you know, he, he turned it around. I, I mean, and wherever well, he was at, he won. I mean, even as a player, right? he had a three year, according to my notes and I didn't fact check this one, but I pulled this one off NBA dot com or NBA stats dot com. So we'll I mean, according to this, they were one twenty one and one oh nine, which is about five hundred. A record that 
gave a major turnaround. It put him fourth on the franchise all-time wins list. Uh, he's trailing behind Alvin Adels, Don Nelson, and Eddie Gottlieb. Uh, only, let's see here. I'm trying to look at my notes. It's, I have wrote, I have typed up here that over 17 years before Jackson took control in 11, the franchise had only averaged 30 wins a season and made the playoffs only once. Jackson became just the third Warriors head coach to notch at least 50 wins in a season. So, I mean, it seems, yeah, there's no championship, but the guy's turning this place around and you're still going to show him the door. Right. Now, I don't remember what was being said in the media, and I probably should have fact-checked this one a little more. I don't know if it was more they let him go or if it was they just weren't happy and he just decided to mutually part ways. But I remember seeing the words terminated, and when I see terminated, I don't think there's no mutual agreement right. to part ways. Right. So... Uh, and literally within a week, eight day period, the Warriors get their new head coach on May 14th. You know who that is, don't you? Steve Kerr. Point guard, right? Five year, $25 million contract. Another point guard. And he's playing days, right? To get a championship team, that's not bad. That's not bad. That's, uh, we're going to do an episode, which, uh, we talked about earlier in our double buck episode, uh, about all the things that come. We're going to talk about the Bulls dynasty overall. And uh, what I can tell you, I mean, there's you know, there's a 15-year age difference between us, thereabouts. I mean, I'll, I'm 33. I'll be 34 in August. Uh, but I was alive during that Bulls era. You know, I was born in 87. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, when you're a kid uh, playing basketball at recess – Every kid's either Jordan or Pippen. Oh, yeah. I mean, I would, you know, if Jordan was gone, I would just kind of do my own thing. And I'd be like, well, I'm Sean Kemp. I was traded to the Bull. I love Sean, Sean Kemp. Kemp. We've talked about oh, Sean. Tell me, everybody you how much. Me, you have me at Sean Kemp. Tell everybody how much we talk about Sean Kemp at work. Because I mention him at least once a week. Yeah, what a talent. What a talent. I mean, holy Indiana, uh, Indiana-born native. Yes. Uh, Elkhart, I believe. Shout out Adam Sweet, our boss. Big Sean Kemp guy. Uh but yeah, we're, you know, Kerr's coming from not being around greatness. Kerr's coming from being part of greatness, yes. including the magical 95, 96, 72, and 10 season, which was never duplicated at that time, you know, right. at that time. Uh, he played behind Paxson, <sighs> Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr. Which Paxson would have been on that team. Yeah, I think he's so. I think he started. Yeah, Paxson was a starter. Yeah, that's right. You know, one of my favorite players, and you can't say Jordan Pippen and Robin because everybody says that. One of the my favorite players from that Bills era, that or Bill from that Bulls era. We're not talking about Buffalo Bills here. From the Bulls era, that doesn't get mentioned a lot. Their center, Cartwright. No, the other one, Longley. Will, Will, oh, Luke Longley. Luke yeah, Longley. Yep. yep. Pretty good ball player. He was a nasty. You know, I got a lot of heat from a buddy of mine with this, but you know who uh, he kind of reminded me of? Because uh, Luke was kind of he was he was a nicer player, you know, real humble guy. But boy, when you pissed him off and he got mad, you know who he reminded me of? I want to say uh, Lambert. Bill Lambert. Lambert. Oh, <laughs> high five! I want to applause that one, Kurt. Bill I Lambert. love Bill Lambert. Uh, yeah. 
I mean, could you imagine Lambeer playing in the NBA today? No, <laughs> not really. I mean, well, well, I mean, the league's kind of small, and they're doing a lot more to protect players. Lambeer can shoot the rock. Maybe he shoot the I'm talking about his attitude and how he just, you know. He had Larry Bird so goddamn pissed off one yeah. time. Larry Bird wanted to kill him after the game. I mean, that's impressive. Larry Bird's one of the most. I'd say about well, every team probably had somebody who was ready to kill Bill Lambert. Well, at the same time, Larry could be a dirty player, too. Oh, I mean. Absolutely. absolutely. But, uh, man, Bill Lambert, intimidating. He's an intimidator, for sure. You want me to tell you something that's going to make you smile? I wish we were videoing this one. What's that? There's a uh, Pistons Bad Boys episode in the works. That's it's cool. just wait. I mean. Not saying we got to follow that in order, but if there's one in the works, you got to talk about it. If you, yeah, Isaiah and Bill yeah, and Joe Dumars, <sighs> Vinny Johnson, Rick yeah, Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn. He's passed, had he? Is he? I f- that I don't know. I was thinking he's no longer with us. Now that you say that, I feel like I've seen that before, but I don't want to put I, that out there. In a heart condition. Anyway, Anyways, moving on. So. Damn good business decision. Uh, if you're the GM, which at the time I think is still Riley, I'm not sure. And uh, I don't know how much Lakeup has his hands in his franchise here. I was always under the impression that he told Riley or whoever the GM was, here's the pocketbook, do what you got to do. I want to see results. Which blows my mind again about the firing of Jackson, which I'm excited about the hiring of Kerr. But Jackson's doing it and just – you're good at your job, but you're still showing the door because you don't have a championship to show for it after four seasons. Like, I mean, son of a bitch, give the guy a little bit more of a chance here. Four seasons ain't a lot to turn around a franchise that ain't been relevant in two decades or whatever. Right, right. But anyways, uh, there was some moves made in the offseason. I don't really talk about the draft here. Just the addition of uh, two phenomenal role players, point guard Sean Livingston. And uh, dual guard threat, Leonardo Barbosa. 2014-2015 season opens like all the others. They pretty much dominate the league from opening day to the end of the regular season. They cruise to a number one seed. Uh, they have a league best 67-15 and record and a home record that season of 39-2. Second best home court record in NBA history. So you could make the argument that they made the right decision by letting go of Jackson, which I say maybe that's true. But I think with each time they were trending up, I think if Jackson had been at the helm this season, we probably would have still seen close to those results. I don't know if we would have seen 67 wins. I think you would at least seen another 50 or 60. Oh, easy, yeah. But you could make the argument Kerr completely revitalized this team. Uh, And this is the season – here where it really opened up people's eyes for people that hadn't been privy to what was going on in golden state and what was going on. This was the season that really started to open people's eyes. Like, Hey man, I ain't watched hoops in a while, but do we got to check out this team on the West coast? And, uh, I mean, was her, <laughs> was it the X's and O's that made the difference or, I mean, I don't know. Are you asking or yeah, you telling? I, I'm asking. I really don't. I think so. You think so? I think so. What do you think? I mean, he was a point guard. This too. is part of it. I mean, we got a banner a little I, bit. What I, do you think? He was a point guard too, so it, the IQ should be there, right? I mean, I'm not saying all ball players are dumb, but I, and every position is dumb, but I think it begins and ends with 
your point guard should probably have some of the highest IQ on your team. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm always going to think of a point guard as the ball handler. Yes. But you get those guys that can shoot. But that's not taking that away from LeBron. I mean, to me, there ain't a more basketball IQ guy in the league today than LeBron James. And like I said, I I made Queen LeBitch and uh, Queen LeBron. and jo- I mean, you know, I made – Your point guard should be have get everybody involved. I mean, shouldn't he be the guy that kind of gets everybody involved in the game and going and everything? That's what I think of a point guard. I mean, I think Allen Iverson. I mean, he was flashy. He could shoot it, but Allen could set the tempo for that entire team. I mean, but, yeah. and once again, like I said in the very first episode, Allen Iverson deserved a championship. I agree. I agree. The same as Carmelo does, but we'll, that's down the line. Uh, but anyways, like I said, it, it was bringing new eyes not only to the NBA, but it was bringing new eyes to this team. And money started funneling in. They were selling tickets. They were selling out. Uh, people loved to watch. The Splash Brothers would dominate the court on both ends. And then you had this badass forward who could play the center in Draymond who was, you know, busting dudes with elbows and, you know, trash talking and, getting calls to go his way when it was clear on tape that it should have been called on him. Uh, and it was putting asses in the seats, selling tickets. Uh, would you like another small breakdown here? Sure. The 2014-2015 season, according to all my research off the Google machine and NBA.com, the Warriors finished first in defensive efficiency by a large margin and finished second in offensive efficiency, setting a record they narrowly missed the mark set by the Dr. J-led Philadelphia 76ers. I know, you talk about J all the time. Uh, Would you like some more stats? Absolutely. Uh, Just a few short weeks later, on May 4th, 2015, Steph Curry unanimously won his first league MVP title. Yeah, wait, wait, yep. Well, well deserved, I think. Uh, Gonna have me a smoke. Uh, Nothing much changed here once postseason play began. Golden State kept their foot on the gas. Uh, They swept the New Orleans Pelicans in the first round. They knocked off the Memphis Grizzlies in the second round. I didn't remember, I don't remember how many games uh, that I didn't look up. I think that was about the time when I was winding down for the night, so I never put that in. And then uh, they dispatched Harden and the Rockets in five games in the Western Conference Finals. And I do remember watching that 2014-2015 Western Conference Finals uh, between Harden and the Rockets and Curry and the Warriors, and that was a series that uh, that was impressive. That was, you know. Uh that all leads us to the fact that the Warriors are headed to the NBA Finals for the first time since 1975. That's a 40-year period, dude. <laughs> so, uh, tell me, I mean, uh, as a former athlete yourself, not a pro athlete, uh, I mean, as I pat my belly, I mean, I was an athlete. I played baseball up until about the 7th or 8th grade. I wrestled from 6th, 7th, 8th grade, and I think my freshman year, and then my senior year, I did track, which 
I know a guy my size doing track. Let me clarify. I only threw shot put and discus because I didn't have to do any running. That's why. <laughs> That's high five. <laughs> Laugh track. <laughs> but as a former athlete yourself, even though you weren't a professional athlete, you're still an athlete. Once an athlete, always an athlete. Put me. Tell me what's going on in that locker room when they realize they're headed to the to the world championship. They're going to compete for it for the first time in 40 years, way before any of these kids were ever thought of. Like, what what do you what goes through your head as a young guy in your 20s or an old grizzly veteran in your late 30s as you're going to your first fight? What what goes through your mind? Oh, I'm sure the nerves were there. There was a lot of nerves there. I'm sure. Think there was a lot of celebrating. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Probably a little partaking in some illicit substances and some Uh, alcohol. Might have been a little Mary Jane in that locker room after Coach left. Could have been, maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's hard to tell. I mean, I've never really been in an NBA championship. but You know what I think? I think there was joy and excitement in the air until the moment yeah. they realized that the team they were going to be facing on the other side of the that court King LeBron. had the best fucking player in the league. Yeah. And then it was like, hmm. And the 2014-2015 season – was LeBron's first season back in Cleveland when they had a deep rotation, but they had a big three as well with Kevin Love and Kyrie and LeBron. Was he Kalskis on that team? I feel like I should say yes, but I'm not sure. Smith? I think JR came in the following season. Okay. Okay. I could be wrong. Didn't fact check that because I was more focused on Golden State. But uh, I think that was when they had Della Vadova too. That little that little feller took the league by storm. You know, fun fact: uh, Adam told me that they have Della Dova's got his own shoes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> our okay. boss, for those of you guys, our boss is a huge NBA sneakerhead. I mean, he's got like what forty pairs of sneakers, uh, yeah. and uh, some of them he don't even take out of the box. He just has them to look at. Which I told him he needs to frame them and box them in and display them in a shadow box. But uh, Delly's got his own set of shoes. I did not know that, not know Adam. That, no. Uh. So, anyways. Shout out to St. Mary's, right? Yeah. (laughs) The Gales. So, they're facing LeBron and the Cavs, best player in the league. And Golden State falls behind 2-1 in the series. So, it's looking like after a 40-year drought, this team that is kind of bringing eyes back to hoops, you know, and you know everybody's probably rooting for them. You know, because everybody's so anti-LeBron. Even though LeBron came back home, everybody's still anti-LeBron. They fall behind 2-1. Kerr gave Swingman, that was that was the notes I put in, because at the time that's what he was, Iggy, Andre Iguodala, his first start of the season, replacing center Andrew Bogut, okay. name you haven't heard in a while, and their small lineup became to be known as the death lineup, and that turned the series completely around. When Iggy started in game four, the Warriors go on to defeat the, defeat the Cavs in six games, and Iguodala was named Finals MVP. You want some more stats? Sure. Here's a name you love. Steve Kerr became the first rookie coach to win a title since who? It's a name you love. Think. Uh, Pat Riley in 81-82. Not a Pat Riley fan. Didn't like the Lakers. You're a Lakers fan, aren't you? You know, I get accused of that a lot. Here's a fun fact. Here's a fun fact. I think I told you this at work once. Uh, I quit watching basketball for a long time. I got out of watching hoops for a while. And then 
I got back into hoops in about 2010 or 2011. That was Derrick Rose's magic season for the Bulls. And uh, to this day now, for the last 10 years, I still haven't picked a team to root for. I more watch players, but I do watch a lot of Pacers games, so I don't know if you would call me a Pacers fan, if that would be – which I am, but I don't – Yeah, I'm a Pacers fan. I don't know if you'd call that my team. I watch a lot of players, but uh, – Another show right I do there. like Lakers. I mean, I do, you know – Here's another show. Uh, the Pacers, why do we just general manage to be average – why do we general man? I'll, I'm giving you all the credit in the world for that one. I mean, we're gonna have to get some help on that one. We're gonna have to call in our boss. He said he'll never do a podcast. I mean, well, I don't get it. What? I don't know. Anyway, I'm a Pacers fan too. It just sucks that they can't. Pieces. But I would say I do like the Lakers. I mean, I wouldn't say that they're exactly my team, but no, I was a Sixers fan growing up. And it, that was a, one of their rivals with the Lakers. That's just why I don't, I don't know. I never cared for Pat, Pat Riley. Would you like uh, some more uh, stats and stuff here? Yeah. Sure. Yeah? Other highlights of their 2014-2015 championship season included Steph Curry breaking his own record for three-pointers made in a single season with 286. He and Clay combined made a combined 525 three-pointers, the most – in a by a duo in NBA history. In the postseason, Steph Curry shattered Reggie Miller's record of 58 made three-pointers in a postseason with 98. Wow. 98 made in the postseason. Some guys don't even make 98 or 100 the entire season. Yeah, and he and he fucking dropped dimes almost 100 times in a 3-month, 2-month postgame or postseason. Uh, on January 23rd, 2015, Clay Thompson broke an NBA record for points made in a quarter with 37 points in the third quarter. Was it against the Pacers? <laughs> I think it was. Was it against the Pacers? I, I, I don't have that information in front of me. But sure it, it might have been. Then the next year, I think they gave up 62. Uh, he scored 16 a game and only drove it four times. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you like some more stats? Absolutely. Obviously, Curry was the leader in the polls for NBA Player of the Year, Most Valuable Player of the Year. He won the ESPN's uh, Male Athlete Award, which, I mean, the ESPYs or whatever. Nobody fucking pays attention to the ESPYs. Um, so that's really about it. Uh, Draymond was named NBA All-Second Team. Uh Uh, let's see. Uh, there's not much really to write about that offseason other than David Lee, who lost his job as a starter to Draymond Green, uh, was traded to Boston for Gerald Wallace and uh, another player whose name escapes me. Uh, and I didn't write that down, but I remember seeing it was too. Uh, basically, that was just a salary offload. So nothing really to write about. And then uh, now here we are with some meat and taters for the 2015-2016. The reason we're really here, we have a nice little brief history, and we've already been talking almost an hour and a half. Uh, the 73-9 and season. Uh, they started that season on fire, winning their first 24 games, wow. best start in NBA history. Wow. 24. That's tough. <laughs> 
pool out there, that's pretty. That's impressive. That's impressive. 24 and 0. 24 and 0, yeah. That's like a quarter of the season right yes. off the bat. Yes. Uh, fun fact, you want some uh you want some deep deep stats? Oh yeah. Okay. Check this out. I had a really dig. I dig through the Google machine, NBA, and I checked other of the big four, which is, you know, NLB, NHL. Uh, the previous record of 15-0 and 0 by the 48-49 Capitals and the 93-94 Rockets, this 24-0 start broke a 131-year-old record of 20-0 set by the 1884 St. Louis Maroons baseball team. <laughs> To claim the best start to a season in all of major professional sports in North America. Wow. The That's Saint, how on fire this was. The St. Louis what? The St. Louis Maroons. Maroons? I had to dig <laughs> yeah. deep for that, wow. dude. Wow. The Maroons. Okay. Is that yeah. not fucking impressive? That's impressive. I'm impressed there. My lord. Get this. These 24 wins included the best road start in NBA history at they started 14 and 0 on the road surpassing the 6970 New York Knickerbockers. Wow. That's impressive for sure. That's impressive research too. Yes it is. High five. <laughs> Don't expect me to do this every episode cuz that killed me. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was writing this down and looking at this like what the f- what is it? I don't care about this. And then I'm like, maybe I should put that in there, though. Yeah. That's good Good research, right? I mean, the Maroons? Yeah. I the, did not know that. I the mean, same. 1884. 1884. That would have been 103 years before I was ever thought of. I wasn't even a tadpole. No. no I wasn't either. My grandpa's grandpa would have been around, maybe. But my Lord. 1884. St. Louis Maroons. This just sounds weird for some <laughs> Let's move on. Oh, yeah, you ought to, everybody, I wish you could see Kurt's face right now. <laughs> the Maroon, what was his name or team? The Maroons. Mm, the color, I guess, maybe. Anyways, uh, the, the record-setting start to their season ended December 12, 2015. They were defeated by the Milwaukee Bucks. So, I mean... That's, you know, it ended. Uh, they won 28 regular consecutive. They won 28 consecutive regular season games dating back to the 24-2015 season, eclipsing LeBron, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh's 2012-2013 Miami Heat for the second longest winning streak in NBA history, which at the time, going back, thinking about LeBron and D and everybody in the new, that was impressive. They set an NBA record with 54 consecutive regular season home wins, which spanned from January 31st, 2015 to March 29th, 2016. The previous record held by the 95-96-72-10 Chicago Bulls with 44. So they beat it by 10. What are you thinking as I'm telling you all this and trying to remember? Like, if, if... Put yourself, let's go back in time five years ago. Like, this is history being made. And we, you know, we're all witnessing it and we're all watching it, but I don't think we really took in the time to. It's not really sinking in, really. Appreciate the sports history. Yeah. Right. Uh, We've seen something special. Oh, absolutely. March 31st, 2016, they won their 68th game 
in an overtime win over the Utah Jazz, breaking the franchise record for most wins in a single season in franchise history. Impressive. And you know what? They keep cruising. April 13th, 2016, the Golden State Warriors set the NBA record for most wins in a single season finished with a win-loss record of 73-9, and beating the 95-96 Chicago Bulls by one game. Head coach Steve Kerr was now a part of the two most winningest teams in NBA history. So he did know something about exit. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he won 72 as a player and broke that record winning 73 as a coach. That's impressive. Impressive. That's very impressive. May 10th of that year, Curry was uh, named the MVP's most valuable – the MVP – the NBA's most valuable player, second straight season. Uh he was at that time the 11th player to win back-to-back MVP honors and became the first player in NBA history to win the MVP award by unanimous vote, winning all 131 first-place votes, which my notes said he won it unanimously the first time. Maybe I'll have to go back and fact-check that. But uh, Steph, Draymond, and Clay uh, were all named to the All-Star team that year, which the All-Star game ain't what it used to be anyways. To me, these guys aren't even out there trying anymore. I mean, I remember when guys were playing hardcore and, you know, if somebody got lost for a season, oh, well, but I get it. It's saving your body for the ultimate goal. Uh, Draymond Green broke the Golden State franchise record with nine triple doubles that season. Curry broke numerous three-point records, including his own NBA record for three-pointers of 286. Do you want to know how many he finished with? He broke his own 286 record. You want to know how many he? Yeah. 402. 402. Not only did he beat it, he blew it out. I mean, holy crap. He crushed it. Yeah, he did. Uh, He made a three-pointer in 101. He made a three-pointer in 151 consecutive games, which broke... Kyle Korver's record of 127 set the year prior. And on February 27, 2016, he tied the NBA record, 12 three-pointers made in a single game, joining Kobe Bryant. Rest in peace, Mamba. And then uh, here's where uh, they reached the finals for the second consecutive year, facing a rematch with the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Warriors are up 3-1. And uh, to borrow a phrase I used earlier, the wheels come off again. And uh, they become the first team to lose a series after being up 3-1. I don't remember what happened, but I remember looking back on my research. I I didn't research what happened, but I remember now watching it. Uh, Draymond was suspended for game five of that series. Curry got ejected in game six. And then in game seven, uh, LeBron just lights out. LeBron worked his ass. The whole team did, but especially LeBron. You know, they worked their ass off to get a game seven right. and bring it back. And then the one of the most memorable LeBron moments and hell, one of the most memorable final moments, LeBron – 
chases down, I think it was Andre Iguodala, from one end of the court to the other to get up there and block the shot, meeting him at the top of the rim. They're both in the air. Was that? That's been my background on my phone ever since. Yes, yeah. That, that was one of the most – that's going to go down to me as one of the top ten plays in NBA history. Like, that was – I've seen that in real time. Oh, my God. I think I think that's part of what made me come come around on LeBron. When he came back to Cleveland, I was like, you know what? I'm going to give him a second chance here. And then I think the work that he put in, because he's got – you've got the big three there, and they got a deep bench, but LeBron's a workhorse, dude, and he's putting it on – and I think that's what made me come around on LeBron. Uh, Yeah. You don't have to like him, but you got to respect him. His game, for sure. So, since we've basically done this whole episode so far about Warrior history, but the whole point of the episode was supposed to be the 73-9 season, if you're okay, old man, and you're not too tired, you can hang a little bit. Oh, I can hang a little bit. We're going to come back to that. I want to go ahead and finish a recap here. of the. Of, are you good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. 2016 featured a series of significant player transactions. This is where on July 4th, Kevin Durant – announced he was leaving OKC and joining the Thunder, which immediately led to almost a perfect even split, I'd say, in basketball, where some of the fans thought he was taking the easy way out, and some of the other fans were like, holy shit, LeBron's going to join this team, or uh, Durant's going to join this team. Uh, with him going, uh, I don't care what anybody says, I know what I said when I first seen it scroll across my phone breaking on the bleacher report app i'm like well they're gonna another championship uh i think anybody that said they were given a chance to any other team even though cleveland had just beat him were nuts uh did durant in your mind and dull you're not mic'd up but they can pick this up in your mind did durant take an easy way out to get a championship yeah, I mean, there's no doubt about that. I mean, but that's kind of what the trend has went towards, you know. I feel like in the NBA, you know, basically these guys today, you know, they all want to win. Well, what's it take to win? Well, you got to be playing with the other guys that want to win, you know. Uh, I feel like they definitely took the easy way out for sure. Kurt, what say you? I have to agree. And if you're going to say that LeBron did that back when he went to Miami, which wouldn't even be the case, their fourth best player was Eddie House in Miami, so I'm not sure how that was a super team, but. A lot of people will say that. So. I tell you what, you going back, breaking off Durant for a minute, man. I've going back to me being in school. I've always been a fan of Dwayne Wade. So when I hear LeBron's going to play with Wade, going back eleven years ago, I remember thinking, "Holy shit!" Because they already, because they have Bosch, they got Wade, and I'm a huge Giannis Haslam, and I love Shane Battier. And did, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't Battier play for Duke? Yes. Yes, he did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I love Shane Battier, and they've got Ray Allen already. Uh, I honestly know a lot of people hate LeBron, and more people hated him after that move to Miami. I don't personally think, and we're going to cover this when we do our What If special episode, LeBron stays in Cleveland in 2010. I don't think LeBron needed to go to Miami to win that championship. No, he definitely did. I don't think he did. I think – you know, people say he took the easy way out. It's LeBron. He was going to get there. It's like Peyton Manning. God, you know I love Peyton. Peyton was going to get his ring eventually. It was just a matter of when. LeBron was going to get it. I don't think he had to go to Miami to no. get it. No. Uh, but Durant, uh, 
in my mind, Durant took the easy way yeah, out. Absolutely. I hate to say it, it was fun watching that team, but Durant took the easy way out to get that ring. Yes. Uh, and then you go from the death lineup, which you can argue Iguodala was their was their fourth. Now they've got a big five. That's that's a. I mean, that's your entire starting rotate. Like, uh, who's going to stop that? <laughs> and you, true, true fact, fun fact, swear to you on this. When I heard LeBron sign, or LeBron, when I heard Durant, I keep, I got LeBron on my brain. When I heard Durant sign with OK, or uh, Golden State, son of a bitch, <laughs> getting all excited talking sports. When I heard he signed with Golden State, immediately two things. I said, I looked to my friend Zach I was with at the time when this happened. I told Zach, I said, two things. First of all, they're winning the championship. I said, second of all, they're going 82-0 and 0, or they're going 80-2. and 2. I really thought after this, I'm like, they're, they're going to be the yeah. first team in NBA history to go 82-0 and 0, or they're going to finish like 80-2. and 2. Like, not only are they going to beat this record that they had just set right. after beating one that stood for a long time, I'm like, they're – they're going to crush it. They're going to win 80 games. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, getting back here. Uh, the Durant signing made them the, the favorites to win the championship. Uh, July 9th, uh, Harrison Barnes signs with the Mavericks. Uh, Zeely and Mo Buckets. Can get my Mo Buckets. Buckets shirt. They left for other teams, as did Barbosa. Bogut was traded. Uh the only real bring-ins here was uh, David West from the Pacers and uh, Zazo Pachula. Zaza. It's a name you ain't heard in a minute. I'll marry him. He's a goofy-looking fucker. <laughs> uh, they, I don't remember what they're winning the lost record. I don't think I wrote it. Did, did I type that one out? They won 60-something games uh, on November 7th, 2016. Curry set the NBA record for most three-pointers in a game with 13 and a 116-106 win over the Pelicans. Uh, here's what Dole was talking about earlier. On December 5th, 2016, Klay Thompson scored 60 points in 29 minutes in a, in a 142-106 victory over the Pacers. Just fucking blew him out. Uh, in doing so, he became the first player to score 60 or more points in fewer than 30 minutes of play. Uh, Durant, Curry, Green, and Clay were all named All-Stars. Uh, on February 10th, 2017, Draymond Green recorded a triple-double with 12 rebounds, 10 assists, and 10 steals, becoming the first player in NBA history to post a triple-double with fewer than 10 points. That's impressive. impressive yeah. March 2nd, 2017, the Warriors' streak for most games without back-to-back -back losses ended at 146 with a 94-87 to loss to the Bulls. Uh, they got home court advantage in the playoffs, first seed. Uh, they were the first team in NBA history in 2016 and 2017 to start the playoffs 12-0. and That's what – Four sweeps. Four sweeps, yeah. Yeah, almost. Yeah, they they made it all the way to the finals. 
For the third year in a row, they're facing LeBron and the Cavs. First time in NBA history, two teams met for three consecutive years. They won four games to one, and their 16-1 and playoff record that season garnered the best winning percentage in NBA playoffs history. Uh, what's notable about this offseason was uh, they were hesitant to go to the White House to see uh, President Donald Trump. And then after that, he got a little miffed and rescinded the invitation, which uh, we're going to do our very best in the episodes that aren't sports-related to avoid politics on this show because I don't want to hear bitching and neither does Kurt. Uh, so we're going to do our best to keep politics out of every episode. And then uh, recapping here, 2018, uh, they're the second seed in the playoffs, the 2017-2018 season. Uh, they were the second seed. You know who was first? It would have been Houston. I'm pretty sure that was Houston. That's when uh, Harden and the Rockets really took over. Uh, they were down three games to two against the Rockets after game five, but they staved off elimination, come back, win four games to three. And then for the fourth year in a row, LeBron in the Cavs again, and this is when uh, they swept them. Four games to one. This was LeBron's last game as a Cavalier. And uh, let me tell you what I remember about this. I remember uh, my ex-wife and I, uh, it was her father's birthday weekend, and they wanted to stay over in some cabins at Patoka. So we got a cabin. We stayed for the weekend. Our newborn was uh, about a month and a half old, the baby of our three. And uh, we got back that night, and, her and I sat out. She didn't watch games with me very often, but we watched the the fourth and final game. And that's when I knew uh, LeBron had the player option in his contract coming up, $35 million player option, and he declined. Can you imagine that? Either one of you guys, can you imagine that? Being so good at your job that you decide to just leave $35 million on the table and go elsewhere? $35 million, he declined his option to become a free. Can you imagine that, though? Being so good at your job, like, nah, fuck it. I'm going to leave $35 million, sit right here and go do something else. Can you imagine that? No. I so, and I, and I tell you what I was thinking. I know this is a Warriors talk, but, I mean, me and you talk sports how we talk sports. I remember thinking I would like to see him stay in Cleveland and bring another one, but he fulfilled his promise. He always said, I'd come back home, I'd win one. Nobody believed him. By God, he he came back home. They went to four straight finals. He gave him one. Poor Cleveland. Boy, he needed that. Yeah, that was Cleveland's first major professional sports title in any sport. I mean, that that city's still thriving off that. But I remember thinking, I wanted him to stay in Cleveland or I wanted him to stay in the Eastern Conference because this was during the time when the Warriors and the Rockets and Portland and everybody was dominating on the Western – conference i wanted to see him go somewhere like the knicks or somewhere you know right and that didn't happen um fun fact and doyle who's not mic'd up but is getting a lot of credit for this show the mic's picking him up across the room uh the warrior sweep of the Cavs here was the first NBA sweep since 07, which, if memory serves me right, would have been Duncan and the Spurs sweeping LeBron and the Cavs, would it? Mm-hmm. So LeBron was part of two sweeps there. 
Uh. And this is where, this is where my research ends. It says Jared and Kurt talk and debate a little bit here, back and forth banner questions, opinions, go in depth. Because the last thing I got was basically the 2018-2019 season. They go to the finals for the fifth straight year, and that's when they lose four to two to Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors. Which I don't know anybody that doesn't like Kawhi other than Adam, sweet our boss. Because Kawhi said he wouldn't play in Indy, so even though we drafted him. So, uh, but now I'm going to uh, shut this down and we're going to talk a little bit, going back to the record season here. Did like a recap. and. Uh, what do you think about that? That's, that's history. We all watched it live and didn't appreciate it at the time, I don't think, and now it's become part of folklore the last – Six years, 73 wins in an 82-game season. You don't win a championship. And you don't win a championship. Like I, po- like I posed to you earlier, what's more important, breaking a record, 73 wins, or winning the championship? Winning the championship. It's got to be. I think. And from a team standpoint, I mean, it's, it's got to be a championship. I mean. Steve Kerr was asked about this, I think. I remember seeing an interview, and and his thought process was, um, I let the players decide what they wanted to do. If they wanted to chase history, or if they wanted to, uh, you know, win win the championship. And he's what's his job there though? To win a championship. To win a championship. I think that was more or less dealing with with more like uh, minute usage and okay. and whatnot, but. Uh, did he play him too hard? Did he play him too long? I mean, or was they just a victim of one pissed off down three games to one LeBron and company? I think that's what it was. I mean. uh, you, one of my favorite things about LeBron, and I know I tell people how many times a week I tell you at work, you need to get a Facebook so I can send you this. Because I see shit I want to send you all the time, don't I? Every day. Like, get a Facebook, get on social media. One of my favorite things about LeBron I follow him on Facebook and Twitter, which is dumb because these mega athletes, when they post a one, it it uploads them to – so they post the same thing. But one of my favorite things about LeBron every season around playoff time is he'll just usually put up a picture of him in the gym or he'll put up a picture of a racehorse getting the blinders, which is basically him. I'm, I'm, I'm postseason ready. I'm focused. Right. Uh and he's always in that mentality. But by God, you know, they lost the year before. The first year he came back to Cleveland, they lost. Here we go. They've won. The, they've set the record now. They're down three games to one. LeBron's like, I'm not going to get eliminated or I'm not going to, you know, go down to guys like this and get people already hate me. Uh, I think that's what it was. I think LeBron was pissed. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, he's on a mission. God. And like Dole said earlier, Dole's got it on his phone. That, to me, is one of the most memorable plays I've ever seen. Like, I can remember it clear as day, you know, Iguodala's just hauling at, and LeBron just runs him down. LeBron. Is that where 2K got their chase down artist badge? It might be. And they were both up in the air, and LeBron met him up there on the backboard just, and just blocked it. I mean, they were wearing – Dole, they were wearing the all-black uniforms, were they not? Yeah, with the sleeves. Yeah, yeah with the sleeves. 
And then, it, and you know, they're right there in the Bay, you know, San Francisco, Oakland at Oracle game seven, and they just shut them down. They're celebrating on Golden State's home court, which uh, I won't say that was what made Golden State go out and recruit a headhunter like Durant because – I don't think they pursued Durant after that. I think if you guys remember, uh, it was the Western Conference Finals between the Warriors and the Thunder when it looked like the Thunder were going to beat them. And Klay Thompson stood up in that game for that Golden State team. I think that pissed Durant off to where he was leaving. And so I think it was a combination of Durant getting pissed at the Warriors and then deciding to go can't beat him, join him, well, go join the Warriors. Right, and I think it comes down to, you know, they lost to LeBron. They were pissed at home, embarrassed. They bring in the headhunter, Durant. But going back to this. If you're in that locker room, and this is me and you talking sports, like no different than we do every day. The only difference is we're looking at each other, making eye contact a lot longer than we should be, you know. Uh, how are you feeling? You set a record, but then in the end, at the end of the day, you lose the league championship. What are you What are you feeling? Are you still proud of your season? Be tough. Be tough. I, I considered it a failure. I mean, it was. It set him up for success. Then you know, obviously, with Durant then coming to that team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Without them doing that, does Durant go there? You know, you gotta wonder on that. I I think it's a sweet and sour deal. I think it's bittersweet. I think you are proud of something history being made. The fans. What? What's the fans? If you're a Golden State Warrior fan. If I'm Mark Jackson is coach at this point, so. Yeah. For real. Uh, I think. If I'm a Golden State fan, which, I mean, let's be honest, everybody was watching them ball out, so everybody was kind of temporarily fans. All right, you high, you uh, You're happy, you're ecstatic, but, you know, you, you set the record, you lost the championship, so that kind of sucks. But if you're a true basketball purist, you're happy to see LeBron come back and win one for Cleveland, after, especially after what he went through five or six years prior when they were burning his jersey and, and calling him the most worthless piece of shit they ever walked because he left Cleveland. Uh, so I think it's bittersweet for me. I think it's bittersweet for them too. But I think at the end of the day, when you look at that 2015-2016 team and they go back and look, I, I think there's a smile on their face, but it's with a caveat like, you know, son of a bitch, look what we almost, you know. Uh, sure. What say you? Think you agree? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Be somewhat of a letdown, but you had a successful season in some uh, manners, I guess. I just without the championship, though, it's just it, right. I mean, yeah. No, I Kurt, I totally agree. Uh, looking forward. I mean, at the beginning of the year. That's what their goal was. I'm sure they talked about it before the season ever started. Well, yeah, the NBA championship, no doubt, hands down, is what we're after. Nobody really probably thought about the best record, and you know, uh, as long as there was a championship at the end, well, everything was good. But 
It didn't happen. LeBron. LeBron. Denied, folks. And it's funny, I didn't really, I remember that play, but it really didn't dawn on me. That was the changing point of it. That was game seven when that happened. I don't remember Dole would be the guy to ask there. I don't remember exactly what point of game seven that happened, but that was the turning point of that game. Game, Uh, Hell, Golden State might have even been – I want to say I remember them being in the lead at that point because, I mean – Yeah, they would have been, yeah. Yeah, I've never seen – Game, it was game five. Six, Draymond got suspended, and that was because of too many technical fouls. And Curry got ejected for the mouthpiece thing, if I remember now, or something. Okay. Threw his mouthpiece at the ref or something. So, Curry's out of game. So, they shot themselves in the foot a little in, bit. In a way, Draymond's temper, and, and that's part of what he – I got to go to Steve Kerr there now. We that's got, we got to put a stop to that, you know? That's part of what people loved about Draymond, though. I mean, he was an asshole, but – it's just he was the first bad boy to come along in a while since your Lambeers and your Rodmans and uh, you know, Ron Artest and the boys duking it out with the Pacers and the Palace at Auburn Hills, but I'm looking at Steve Kerr now though. In a way, could I mean, some disciplinary Yes. Yes. Uh Yeah. They shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point, though, for sure. Do you think, looking back and seeing what we've seen and now looking forward, here we are, you know, what's today's date? 13th. May 13th, 2021. Do you think we'll ever see something like this again? Do you think this record now of 73 wins will ever get broke? You think you think it Dole? I don't think it'll be. I don't think it will. Kurt, we'll say you. I, think it's possible? And the reason being will be basically because, I mean, look back on that team, how they didn't win the championship. Well, now, that, like, a lot of people are gonna, would think that that would be the main goal, would be to win the championship. And that, a lot of people could go back to that and say that's why they didn't win the championship, no. because they would have been trying to win all those games. Don't you think there's more they get, And, you know, their team the next year would have been better, but they don't win 73 games, you know. Yeah, they won sixty something games that season. The talent, pool, the pool of talent is getting a lot bigger too. I mean, I, looking looking over this overall, so they went to five straight NBA finals or six, five or six. They won four. They won three. No, they won four, didn't they? The one, damn it, five. So they lost. They were three and three and two. So they went to five straight NBA Finals, three and two. No matter what sports you play, the big four in America, the benchmark for dynasties has always kind of been the three titles in four years, the three titles in five. That's benchmark. So there, there's the dynasty. Looking back on this, what I think set up the 73-9 and nine season and I think set up five straight finals appearances and three finals championships in five seasons – was the the death lineup just the small ball the way because if you guys remember the Cavs started changing their lineups to match that in the finals hell there was Le, there was a, a point in a game where LeBron was playing a two guard role or playing LeBron was playing point guard in one of those games like it, 
the way they were plugging these guys. Hell, we watched games where they had uh, over this five-year run. We had games where we watched. There was a game or two where they had Clay Thompson playing a center position, like because of and that goes back to two. Everything is moving forward in modern times. Small ball is dominating the NBA. So. I don't th- if, if I don't think that record's ever going to be duplicated. I I don't think it'll ever get broke. I mean, I think you might have teams get close. I think you might have a 67-68 game winner to see a 73 and 9 season again or to see a 74 and 8 season. I don't think you ever will. But I mean, you know, there there's younger kids being born. Kids are born every day. NBA players are made every day. Uh, John Calipari is still coaching. And, I mean, there's so much talent. It's at the county. And, I don't know. College basketball, for example. I mean, this, the smaller division uh, schools or whatever. Yeah. Getting to the final game. That's a pure. I mean, it's talent. There's a lot of talent out there to spread around. So it would. I don't, yeah, you guys are right. I don't see it happening. You know. The state we live in in Indiana, this is was so long a basketball state till Peyton came to town and made it a football state. And I think it's slowly turning back to a basketball state. You know what pisses me off about basketball in this state? Class basketball. Class basketball. Yeah. Class basketball. Because what was better than seeing a small school just take down a powerhouse high school? So you're telling me we got this ought to be another show right here. That wouldn't happen anymore. I mean, four state champions. How can it be four state champions? Did they? You said they did try to play. A, they did try to play a tournament with the four state champions, right? At yeah, one time, they did, but the results were, is why they did not do it anymore because it just wasn't a competition. Just like it wouldn't be if there wasn't class. I mean, it wouldn't happen like it did in the seventies when the Goatee beat Bedford North Lawrence. That wouldn't happen these days. When you go past the courthouse square in Jasper. When you come to the courthouse square where you turn off the 230, you know, and, like, you're going to go to work, there was a sign there for years just off the square that said class basketball is wrong. I remember seeing it there when I was a kid. I remember, I remember that sign, yeah. Yeah, class basketball is wrong. I agree. I, I, just don't, I don't know if I can have four state champions. That is interesting. But I don't think it'll ever be duplicated. I mean, it'd be tough. But it'd be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, Kurt. Uh, before we wrap it up here, you got anything else you want to say? Uh, looking ahead here to our next. When, when do you feel like doing another episode? You want to do another one next week? Sure. Do another one next Thursday night or next Friday, yeah. and then it'll get uploaded sometime over the weekend. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? You want to keep another sports episode? I mean, I think it's Let's steel toes and scoreboards. I think it's important to put several sports episodes out first. I, I think. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, you know, I've got 30, well, 33 topics left now if we we took one. Uh, maybe you thought of a couple new ones there. Yeah, maybe. I don't think uh, I don't think I want to do a what-if special yet. I think I want to save that for about four or five episodes in to where maybe somebody. Uh, I'll tell you what. We'll do this right here. I'm going to give you five options on a topic for next week, and I'll let you be the one to pick it, and I'll start on the research. So, For next week's episode, we can do a fantasy pitcher draft. 
We can do... Let's do a fantasy pitcher draft. Uh, 2009 World Series. My Phillies losing. Yankees 27th title. Uh, 9-11 in the 2001 World Series. Uh, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning. Or let's do Tigers 2019 Masters Comeback. Now let you pick it. Let's go Peyton and Brady. Peyton Brady. Yeah. Shit, we might need four hours of tape for that one. We're at an hour and fifty six minutes here for this one. Uh so what do you think? First podcast? Think it was a success? I mean, depending on how much feedback and listeners we get, I mean, as far as you, is this fun? Do you have fun? Yeah, I had fun. I mean, I showed up about 7 o'clock tonight. We recorded two podcasts. It's uh, 10 after 11 now, but you're a night owl like me, so. Yeah, I had fun, for sure. You want to do it again? Well, yeah, absolutely. Hell yeah, we ought to do it again. Uh, Dole, you got anything to add? Uh, not right now, no. Mm-mm. Dole, down the line, is going to become possibly a feature of this podcast. He's uh, a good friend of Kurt's. Uh and, you know, he's here, so he kind of pitched in. Good thing these mics pick up a lot, yeah, so sure. that's how we heard him. Uh, well, if you guys like the podcast. You guys actually got the natural radio voices, both of you guys. Oh, I don't have a radio voice. I don't know. Fun fact, every time I'd see myself on video, I'd hate it because I, I hate the way I look, for one thing, but I definitely hate I got the face for radio. I got I got the face for radio. Don't sell yourself short, man. You got a radio voice. For sure. Dole, you ought to know all week long at work for the last two weeks. Dole's got a radio voice. Dole could help us. Dole's got a voice for radio. Well, I'm just saying, he, he does. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I, I was actually always told, always told that. Or I used to read at church and stuff, and old ladies just come up and pitch my cheeks and say, we love when you read. We can actually He's hear you. He's a lady killer. He's right? a lady killer. <laughs> Dole's a good boy. Good church going boy. <laughs> you can't hear it right now, but I just hit applause on that. Look, he's, he's grinning ear to ear. Uh, all right, man. So uh, next week, Brady versus Manning. That ought to be fun. Who are you picking, Brady or Manning? That's okay, not an okay, option okay. here. That's not an option here. All right, I'll, I'll go Peyton. Uh, my, my brother. My brother. I mean, Tom Brady's wicked gay, dude. I don't know. <laughs> He's a cheating son of a bitch. Boy, he is. Cheaters. Oh, man, people are going to hate to hear that, but I, I, I laugh. I don't care. I mean, let him hear it. It's true. <laughs> who made who? Bilicek make Brady or Brady make Bilicek? I think Bilicek made Brady. Well, he's the mastermind of cheating. Bill I mean, <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be fun. That'd All be right. Fun. Uh, well, guys, it was, this was fun. This is the uh, STS podcast, Steel Toes and Scoreboards. Uh, Kurt, think we should plug another sponsor? Sure. I'm going to have to get better about plugging these sponsors. Uh, who should we plug? Something local. You got anything local you want to plug? That's something I need. Well, no, I haven't really thought about that end of it yet. I mean, I swear. I, I figure I if we do a lot of free publicity over several episodes, maybe by 20 episodes in, we'll get somebody that'll toss us like 20 bucks a month. 20 bucks a month, pay half of our uh, 
RSS feed for hosting our podcast. So, uh, let's plug, uh, we can't plug work. They ain't, they already pay us. They ain't going to give us no more. We're worth it. We're worth it. Yeah. Let's, Hey, pub and grub in Jasper, Jasper, Indiana, uh, Google pub and grub. I don't have the phone number offhand or I would, uh, Kurt's like me. He eat anything that don't eat him back. Uh, Good wings, and if you're a little bit of a foodie freak, shout out to my our super me and Kurt supervisor Adam. Uh, they have a fantastic peanut butter and jelly Swiss cheeseburger at Pub and Grub, and you would think that sounds disgusting until you eat it, and oh, it is so fire! Really, so it good. Don't, it don't sound really good, but uh, well, I'd try it. Though. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like all that you mentioned. Yeah, I just all together just. It uh, Adam told me to get it one time, try it, and I I remember telling him I said this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of, and I got it, and it was the look on my face is fantastic. Right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, check out Pub and Grub, Jasper, Indiana. They also have another location located in Vincennes, Indiana. Uh, cheap beer on tap, good beer. I don't know anybody that don't like beer. Ain't bad. Cheap beer, expensive beer, beers, free beers, beer. What about Monty's pizza. Monty's pizza. <laughs> And uh, Ireland, Indiana. Yeah. Kirk got us a pizza tonight while in between recording the first episode and this episode. And uh, he said, it's an all-meats pizza. And I'm like, uh-huh. And he came back, and that son of a bitch, I picked it up, and the toppings were coming undone. There was so much weight on that pizza. So, uh, pizza. Monty's Pizza in Ireland, Indiana. And uh, Pub and Grub in Jasper. Check him out. Uh, I'm Jared Atkins. That's... Kirk Kelly, the uh, Bar Reeve standout specialist there. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week when we uh, discuss Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning.